welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We keep we help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment, visit our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com where you will find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now let's get into today's episode. My name is Adam Homie. I am your host. I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. We are going to have a great conversation about something that is key to your success as a business creator, and yet is a word that gets thrown around so often, and we wonder what it really means sometimes. Brand positioning. So what is branding? Does that mean the mark you put on your cow? Does that mean uh, the uh, imprint you make when you drive down a beach? What, what does branding mean? Does that mean a human being? Does it mean a logo, a color swatch? Well, it could mean all those things. We have a standard definition for what branding is, which we'll get to. And we want to combine that today with the power of something called agility. And agility is another one of those words that has a lot of different meanings. Uh, I mean, we understand what agility is when you look at it in a dictionary, but when you put it into a business context, it can have a number of different connotations. I personally am most familiar with it in terms of being agile as part of the change management practice. So I'm very excited to see how we can merge agility and brand positioning and to have us help understand that today we have with us natasha e davis and let me tell you about her natasha is a branding strategist and corporate trainer as a certified expert in email and social media marketing branding speaking speaker and trainer she thrives on fixing problems and eliminating frustrations for companies and their executives over the past 13 years, Natasha has worked with several companies, government agencies, and small business owners to assist them in enhancing their brand equity, brand loyalty, customer satisfaction, and marketing strategy through the power of impactful branding. Her clients affectionately refer to her as the chief visionary because of her ability to quickly identify issues, find solutions, get results, and improve income outcomes. Through the well, if you improve your outcomes, you improve your income. So technically, that wasn't a verbal typo. Through the application of her brand first principle and proactive pivot strategy, clients experience on average 30% increases in cash flow and profit margins. Woo! Okay, Natasha Davis, come on in. The weather's fine. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and transfer some knowledge which I call hashtag golden nuggets. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm worthy to be here. And this is my show. <laughs> Stop that right now. <laughs> All right. So I read off your impressive bio there. Uh, what we like to do here at Business Creators Radio before we jump into this, and we have a lot to cover, is let's ask you to tell us a little bit about your personal or, or professional journey for seen through your own eyes. And tell us a little bit more of the words not on the page about your journey and what's brought it to brought you to where you are today serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion making a difference for your community market and audience absolutely so my journey started many many years ago i actually 
um, started as a registered nurse in emergency care. And that was my passion and my love um, since a very young age. Well, while I was working in healthcare at the bedside in emergency care, I always found myself uh, stumbling into process improvement, stumbling into performance improvement, evaluating different ways and strategies and how we get things done, um, uncomplicating things that were very complex. And fast forward a couple years in, I began to realize that I had a hunger and a thirst for the strategic side of business. And as you stated before, oftentimes people are like, well, what is branding? Well, a lot of people still think of branding um, as the creative side of branding, but there's a strategic side of branding that actually comes first. And so I found myself quite intrigued with the strategic movement of how a company works. I would sit at the hospital and I would be in the emergency room. And, and you know, that's what we call, quote unquote, ground zero. That is that is the mothership. That's the hub for the whole hospital. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, huh. I wonder how this gets done. I wonder how they know this. I wonder how. And so my brain began to churn and fast forward again, a few short years, I stepped into the world of business and I stepped into the world of business and I stepped into it from a business consultant perspective where all I did was talk about marketing and customer engagement and how to get these things connected. You know, you want to tell your team to be good to your customers, but you don't know how to communicate that. And I still stayed in healthcare while I was dabbling in entrepreneurship. However, I began to get very, very, very unhappy because it felt like it felt like I was dying, staying in a place that I felt I've outgrown. And I realized that I have outgrown that past version of myself. It was time for me to take my skills and talents to a whole nother level. Right. And so when I stepped into 100% into business, uh, truth be told, I found out I was ill-prepared ill-equipped. I had no idea what I was doing about running a business. I knew how to use my skills to help someone, but I had no idea how to actually run a business, how to scale a business. And the first four years of being in business was absolute hell. It was painful because I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I'm, I was a nurse. I, I didn't have to go hunt business. I didn't have to hunt for clients. Right. Came to me. Right. They were begging me, help me. And here I am sitting in my my um, first office. I'm sitting there. And, you know, back then, 18 years back, I you know, back then we had home, you know, you had office phones. You had a physical phone that sat on the desk with the whole dialing. You know, we don't have that anymore. Everything's mobile. So I'm sitting here and I'm like picking the phone up to check to make sure it's still working. Like, I know I paid this bill. This phone is not ringing. And the reality hit me that I did not know how to hunt for business and I didn't know how to position my business for success. And so that was my first reality check. And so I quickly immersed myself into understanding the, the true core of business and the infrastructure of, of successful business because there are different layers of it. And I wanted to get to the root cause. I didn't want the end product. I wanted, how did we get from point A to point B? And that's what I spent the past 18 years studying. And what's what I found out was it wasn't the beautiful website. It wasn't the cute logos or the pretty logos. It wasn't even, you know, when everybody was just now running to social media, it wasn't even social media. It came all the way back to the strategy. How are we positioning the business? What's the plan? And what is the strategy for moving this company from point A to point B? And quickly learned that 
my posture on social media, my posture at events, my verbiage on the website, it all tied back to strategy because that is what was the foundation of a successful business. And that's when I realized I don't want to be the marketing person because branding comes before marketing. I'm not an advertising agency because marketing comes before advertising. I wanted to be at the beginning stages at ground zero, just like I was in the emergency room um, on the front lines. And that's what I did. So I became a brand strategist. Wow. What a story. Uh, you know, that's you know, my first few years in business myself. Uh, and it sounds like we had a similar journey. Did I hear that you did, you started a business while you were still nursing and then you made the jump? I did. I did. Yeah, I was a side hustler too. I was a side hustler too. <laughs> I years. was a side hustler. And you know, I'll tell you, Adam, I hid the fact that I was a nurse for many years. You know, it's like, you know, I was, I was like superwoman, you know, when they change out so quick, you know, one day I'm in my nursing uniform and the next day I'm in business attire and I never mentioned or even brought up the fact that I was a nurse. And so a lot of times when people, cause I didn't know how to communicate and validate and prove that I was worthy of the contract or worthy of the business, because you know, what do they say? What do you know? You're a nurse. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Now, uh, you know, uh, when I first uh, became a full-time entrepreneur, and then a few years later, when I actually got into business consulting, people would ask me, well, what did you do before you had that business? Like, they expected me to fill out a resume. Now, I haven't updated my resume since the year 2003. And that was, and that was the year after I graduated from Duquesne University with my MBA. Yeah. And 2003 marks the point where I decided that instead of going for an MBA-level job, I was just going to start a business. And then I would uh, side hustle and, uh, and muddle through at my day job until I got there. Now, in the meantime, I actually got promoted at my day job. And it was going really well for a while. Uh, then there was uh, something that happened in November 2004 that made me realize which direction I needed to go in. And eight months later, I was out of there for good. Yeah. So here is lesson number one. Uh, for, this is for side hustles. Then we're going to get into this agility and branding. When that day came in November 2004, I shared it with uh, one of my business mentors, who's also one of my clients at the time. And he offered me that if I would just quit, as in, don't go back, just quit, he would give me $3,000. Mm -hmm. So let's dissect that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. He was, he was clear that it was not a loan. It was money I could just keep. Mm -hmm. And he told me candidly that he viewed it as an investment in his business because he really, when he was on a growth spurt with his consulting firm, he really needed the help. And he viewed me as the person who could render the help. Mm -hmm. And he viewed it as this would allow, this would get me out of that nine to five so that I would have the space to grow my business so that I could maintain him as, a, as one of my first division clients at the same time have the room to quickly scale a sustainable business of my own. So he told me candidly that although it was a gift, he was actually being quite selfish about his motives. And I was intellectually precocious enough to appreciate what was going on there. Right. I turned him down. Yeah. Definitely. Because I didn't believe such things were possible. I had bought into the programming that you get a job, you get your promotion, you get your gold watch, you climb the ladder. 
The idea that somebody would just give you $3,000 so you could quit your job, that that piece of it didn't exist for me mentally. Right. And so I, I suffered for eight more <laughs> months. <laughs> and, 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 and here's the other piece, and this is what they don't teach you. Uh, I had an entrepreneur, entrepreneurship class in my MBA program. The gist of it was it was taught by a bank loan officer, and it was yeah. about how to write a business plan, which is a useful skill. And uh, that's one of the classes where I've actually – in recent years, use some of the stuff I learned there. So I'm not knocking it at all. But the most it actually taught you about entrepreneurship and the lifestyle and mindset of an entrepreneur is a phrase I remember from one of the textbooks where it said, entrepreneurs tend to eat high energy foods to help them sustain long work days. <laughs> it didn't get into any of that other stuff. So we're up, so to, to get to the point here is I didn't have a belief, and my client tried to explain to me that with $3,000, I could easily, within two months, have a sustainable business. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't have a framework for believing that's possible. Here in 2020, I know I could have done it with 1500 Yeah, definitely. Because I, I know the skills, and, uh, and part of those are, in fact, branding. So I wasn't just babbling here. I was going somewhere. Uh, what our listeners have come to appreciate with Business Creators Radio Show is this is, although you gave us some questions and points that you want us to cover, and we're going to ask you those probably in sequential order. Uh, this is not an interrogation or a Q&A session. We want our listener to feel like they're sitting in on a private mastermind. Love it. Love it. Well, you that know, that sound good. Sound, sound like fun. That's a plan. That is actually a beautiful plan. And I want to encourage the listeners to really hear what's being said to resonate with what, let's dissect what, what one of the things that you said. When you said, I didn't have the framework to appreciate the offer. That's the same thing as saying, I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. What am I supposed to do with this three grand? I have no idea. And the, the crazy thing is when I started my business, I went and borrowed $10,000 because back then you can go pretty, pretty far with a good 10 grand and get something rolling here. So I borrowed $10,000 to start my business and I blew through all of the money with, a, with, with no ROI. Why? Because I did not have a plan. And so one of the things I'll say is over time I've learned, you don't borrow money to stick it in the bank. When money comes to you, you have to have a plan for every single dollar. Every dollar needs to have a plan. Like, what are you doing with each dollar? Because each dollar that you deploy should go ahead and do what it needs to do so you can get a return on investment on each dollar. And so I was in a similar situation as you when I started. It's just that I, I borrowed the money because I thought, well, that's what you're supposed to do. I borrowed 10 grand. It didn't do anything for me. Now, today, my principles and what I also teach my clients moving forward is you do not borrow money. You go sell your products and sell your services and you build it that way unless you have a plan. No one gives you money to stick in the bank and look at it, right? They give you right. money to deploy it to go get an ROI. And so that leads me to the point of, okay, what does all this have to do with branding? Everything. Because if you have a strategy for where you're mobilizing the business, then you'll know what you should say yes to and what you say no to. So let's define in the most simplest terms what a brand is, right? Because a lot of people don't know what it is or they're misinformed. They're misinformed. So the skinny right. on it, straightforward, 
is that the brand basically is the position that you take in the minds of your audience, okay? It's how you look to the world. It's going to be the long-term strategy that you have for the movement of your company. And oftentimes, especially startups and small businesses have no respect for branding because they feel, I need to get a website up ASAP. I need to get a logo. I need to get on social media. I need to do Google ads. I need to do any kind of marketing. Here's the challenge with that. If the company's identity was never defined, then you're, the, what will happen is the marketing attempts and the paid advertising attempts that are going to be employed are going to be reaching the wrong people. And that's the key. The marketing and the advertising will either attract or repel your ideal client. And if there's no clear strategy and no identity for the company, then you're going to be reaching at everyone as opposed to the ideal one. And the studies have shown over and over time and time again, the company that puts zero attention on branding spends way more money gets way less return on investment and scales way slower. Yeah, I, I, I get all that. Now, I'd like to define a couple terms here. And as I mentioned in my, uh, in my effusive intro, there's so many definitions to the term branding. So can you define that word for us so that we understand it from your context? Branding from our context, from what I do and what I've done for the past 18 years, essentially is the strategic move for the company, the strategic move to give the company its identity, clear, okay. as, day, clear as day. And encompassed in all of that, when we talk about a strategic move, it talks about what pricing will I have? What clients will I have? What messaging will I have? What will we look like? Where are we going in two or three years? Where are we, how are we going to get ready? I'm going to drop the P word pivot because we're, we, we have, right? How are we going to pivot? And I know a lot of times we've heard this word pivot so much over the past few times, but pivot is really critical because it really is in line with what? Agility. Agility means to move with ease. I can move with ease. And so when you're talking about moving your brand, you need to move your, your brand with ease. If I need to, the economy changes all the time. The industries change all the time. And if we don't have a clear understanding of what our brand is, what we should look like in the marketplace, we don't make the right decisions. We, we do that you know, hit or miss decisions. And once we know what our brand is, it helps us to make the decisions and know what to say yes to and know what to say no to. As in say no to success, one of my favorite phrases of all time. I've been saying that since I began in business. Say no to success. If you're not saying no enough, uh, you're doing two things. First of all, you're basically saying no to your own success. And number two, you're denying others their yeses by trying to take it all for yourself. And it's really a very cloudy way to do it. So what I appreciate about your definition is how it gives you the business clarity so that you understand what you're supposed to be doing. And I... And this is a piece of branding that is so underappreciated is its impact on the strategy of the business. When you are not only have a strong brand, but you're infused with that brand. So there's alignment between what the brand is and what the practices of the business are. And I, I know through, I'm going to be, 
totally candid personal experience that when the brand is one thing and what the business actually does is another thing, <laughs> it's not a profitable situation because it basically leaves a big WTF vibe <laughs> out there. <It> sure <laughs> and, does. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so so how so how did I solve it in one sentence? Is I learned how to say no a lot more. Uh, tantali a tantalizing opportunity comes along, but it's not in alignment with where my brand is and where it's going. I just have to say, look, I'll be happy to speak with that person if they're interested in doing this thing that we're doing. Right. Uh, I can't help with that other stuff. I'm just going to have to turn it down at this time. Tantalizing is the sounds is and as fun as it seems like they would be to work with. Absolutely. I agree with you. I, one of the things that we as business owners, as you're growing and as you're scaling, it, it really always has to go back to, I make decisions about where I'm going, not where I am. I make decisions about where I'm going. And if you have the strategy, you know where you're going, then you make decisions around that. I've been approached many times with really great opportunities um, in which to get engaged in um, on very different levels. And I stepped back and I said, okay, let me see. Uh, if I say yes to this, how is this going to affect me, affect the brand, and affect, and affect the strategy, the goal, the, the plan for where we're going? What does this look like? People have, until people begin to respect the brand, businesses will continue to struggle. Small businesses will continue to struggle. And yeah. even down to the point, I've seen scenarios where people wanted to be clever. And so therefore they decided to have multiple versions of their logo and they had five different color versions to their logo. Ugh. First of all, <laughs> first of all, let, let me, let me step back and say, let's say for instance, that company somehow says, you know what? We actually, we actually did a little something, something. We, we made a quarter million. We're doing a little something. Right. And then they decided we have things that we can actually trademark. We want to trademark our business. Understand that if you go to the trademark USPTO, if you're in the United States, you go to the USPTO, you understand that you're not going to get the trademark because you have so many different versions of your logo and you cannot trademark all these different versions of your logo. So now you're going to be denied. And I can tell you right now, the USPTO is not going to keep give you the deep definition and descriptions as to why you were denied. They're going to say, um, you know, not applied or the specimen is not valid or something like that. And you're going to be scratching your head wondering, what do you mean? I have this amazing logo in five different colors and, and all this other stuff. It makes no sense. So I've seen people get cr very clever like that. The thing I always step back to, we should always strive to be clear, not clever. Strive for clarity, not to be clever. And so to your point, Adam, if people don't know, and I, you know, this goes back to when we first started, right? If people don't know what you are known for, they then they don't know when to come to you. So in your place of being a brand, my brand is my message, it's my posture, it's my position, it's my, my color, it's everything. We don't see McDonald's with 55 different colors. I mean, there's babies in the womb doing backflips when you drive by a McDonald's. I mean... This is a brand, you know, and I, and you, you never allow people to alter your brand. Once you get a solid 
logo and a solid color scheme and you get the font, even down to the font based on the clients you're going after. Never change that unless you are completely rebranding the whole company. I had a conversation today with a particular company um, and we were talking about some things. It's a vendor hired and they, they asked, you maybe we should change the company name. I said, I can tell you right now, that's, that's not on the table. It's not on the table. Company name is not changing. The color doesn't right. change. I've had someone, they were doing, um, I'm, I'm a professional speaker. I was speaking at a conference. The conference committee decided to change the color of my logo because it didn't blend well with their color scheme. I couldn't give two rats cranium. What? Wait, wait say, say that phrase again. Because I, I, I'm having a hard time following this. That sure did. I'm a speaker. I was at a conference. The conference committee, because they had a color scheme, they decided they were going to change the logo colors to match the color scheme for their event. Oh, my goodness gracious. I, I was livid. I said, first of all, you are, first of all, this is a trademark protected company. That's number one. Number two, you do not have any legal authority nor permission to change my brand, my logo, my color. Live it. It's like, well, it's our color scheme. I said, you know what? Wow. I do not want to be a part of your conference because if that's what you're allowing, then you guys are completely screwed up. I was livid, livid. And some people's not a big deal. Actually, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. When I am seen in the marketplace, my color stands out. My imagery stands out. Everything stands out. Everything has to stand out and there has to be uniformity. Again, it's how you're looked at and viewed and remembered in the world, in your marketplace. And if you show up five different ways in your marketplace, your marketplace won't trust you because you always have on a new, a new look. I don't know. I don't know who you are today. You, you can't. Yeah. Do that. Mm. Well, I, uh, you know, I, I just can't believe I'm still in shock here that uh, <laughs> that a conference actually thought they could change the colors of your logo. Yeah. I could see grayscaling your logo for their grayscale publications. No, they as far were, as it goes, they were cute. They they yeah. went all out. They went. They wanted purple or something like that because they had the color scheme of purple for royalty. I couldn't give two rats cranium. I was like, take it down, take me off. I'm so done. When I tell you, I was in my feelings. <laughs> I was. Yeah, yeah, you were feeling some kind of way there, Natasha. Yeah. I'm sensing it. Yeah, it was crazy. So I, I always say, just be really, really careful and protect your brand. Once you've established a brand, protect it, especially if you're a new company. Protect it because remember, developing presence in the mind of your marketplace takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. And you have to show that you are consistent. You have to show that you're the same, that you're still here. And if you keep changing or allow people to change who you are, the industry can't stick with you. They won't keep up with you because you keep changing. Um, I've seen money, even on social media, I've seen companies, small businesses, not companies, small businesses, um, they keep changing their handle on social media because they're trying to be clever. Why are you changing your social media handle? How can I find you? Yeah, I think I think the last time I changed my social media handles when we literally ended a brand and merged it into another one like five years ago. 
Right. Outside of that, I don't really mess with the social media no, handles very much. In fact, in fact, uh, in, in, fa- in fact, uh, there's an overlapping uh, brand for my business that even if it uh, acquires different DBAs or something like that, it all still fits. Uh, okay. My my corporation uh, has a very very uh, artfully vague name that I picked 17 years ago because I thought it would theoretically cover in one way or another just about anything we do. Uh, Even though we don't even market the corporate name and haven't done so for years, that still applies. Now that's great for uh, overall description and things like that. Uh, I would argue that to properly brand something, you also need to have a lot of clarity for your audience of what is the outcome for them. Absolutely. Like, uh, like, like my, like my current brand, the one where I spend almost, you know, at least as of, you know, here we are, uh, here we are beginning of 2021, uh, is the podcast creators Institute and its formula, the reach system. Mm-hmm. I also have the Business Creators Institute. I also have a uh, a uh, speaking author trainer page and a couple other things like that. And I nurse those along. But as far as what I speak about every day, it's the Podcast Creators Institute and um, and the Reach System. Love it because yes. that's what we're look. That's what we're going all in on, at least for the foreseeable, and at least through twenty twenty one. And originally, it was called the Podcast Reach System. But I removed the word podcast from reach system simply because I want to make room for other modalities. The bottom line of it is using new media as a client attraction tool. Perfect. If I can explain in one sentence what the end user's ultimate goals to be is to use new media as a client attraction and networking tool. Because mm-hmm. when, because when, uh, let's let's uh, let's play a little word association game if you'll allow me here. When you uh, think of uh, a successful podcast, what does that mean to you? successful podcast yeah listeners okay that's one piece of it uh and uh, now if you want to say best podcast ever that of course is the one you're on right now no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, <laughs> you, better, but, uh, you better tell it you better tell right. it <laughs> but, I, but i also know there's a segment out there who recognizes that what they need to do is be connecting more with viable prospects, customers, referral partners, and business allies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When Now, I know for a fact, because I see our numbers, that a lot of people are listening to uh, what you and I are doing right now. We actually keep our numbers confidential because we don't answer the question of how many listeners and downloads you get, because that's okay. that's a rabbit hole, right? right. Uh, so I just, I, I just don't even disclose it to anybody. It's nobody's business. And right. hey, if you want to try and do analysis and figure it out, God bless you if you want to waste the time. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, um, I love our listeners. They know that. Um, they also know that I actually seek out guests based on feedback they give me through email and social media channels. Mm -hmm. Uh, But right now, there is one listener on this episode that we're doing right now who matters to me more than anybody else. Who is that? One listener should be me. Bingo! (laughs) Now, why why is that? Well, if if the focus is correct... I am essentially your client. I'm also your partner in this particular moment, but I'm also not only a partner in content, I'm a referral partner. So as 
for me, if I don't have a good experience with your brand, I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm not going to recommend. I'm not going to support. I'm not going to do anything with this particular situation here. But if I have a great experience, I'm going to tell everyone. I'm going to recommend. I'm going to support. I'm going to even come back and listen and participate and things of that nature. You know, that's the key to it. I'm going to I'm going to be that long-term connection that's going to go beyond the moment now. See, and you've just encapsulated our value proposition right there. Uh, I would add that of all the people tuned in right now, you are the only person who I know for sure is going to be here for the whole experience. And mm -hmm. you're the only one I know for sure you're, I'm going to have a conversation with outside of our interview itself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that is why we encourage entrepreneurs and business creators to launch their own podcasts as a networking and client attraction tool. Be Think of it this way. Uh, a lot of companies do the free strategy session model. And I've seen people do really well with it. So I don't necessarily knock it. But at the same time, I'm also aware that I know a lot of people that will never attend a free strategy session because they know they're going to get pitched. And even mm -hmm. if they think right now that they may not be in a position to accept any offer, and it could be because they don't have the money, and which means they really don't have the money. And no, they're not going to use another credit card. They don't have the money. So, <laughs> so, so therefore, they're going to turn down a conversation just so they don't have to be in a situation of having to tell somebody no. Don't have and out of the altruism of, well, I don't want to waste their time because they, they got to get clients. Okay, so now you've lost an opportunity to nurture relationships for future business down the road. So that's number one. Number two is that free strategy sessions have up to a 50% no-show rate in certain industries. Well, you know, that's, that's definitely... Um true with certain industries, definitely true yeah. with certain industries. And I think that, again, each industry, each business needs to know who they are, what they do, who their clientele is, really understand their business so that they can make the right decision. Free strategy sessions may not be the best decision for certain types of businesses. However, they may be good for others. And I think that each company, and that's the biggest thing that needs to be understood, each, on each business owner needs to understand how to develop their own business. It doesn't matter if you're in the same industry with others. Each business is its own unique posture. It has its own unique flavor. And, you know, sometimes startups, they step into this place of the me too, the me also zone. Right. And you really have to step into the me only zone. And when you step into that me only zone, you're able to develop structures around and processes and systems and the business model around your specific business. You can glean from other industries like benchmarks and say, okay, you know, that's how you're going to gauge your benchmarks. But really, you know, and I've seen that, you know, some people just, oh, every business has to have a free strategy session. That's not necessarily true. But then also the opposite is true. That's depending on the industry, some may require that. That's maybe that's how that works. So it really depends on the industry and also the business model for that specific uh, company, um, tying everything together. 
And I would also argue that I would also argue that it depends on where that person is in your customer acquisition process. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Because if again, also if you're if you're targeting someone, and you, so let's let's dissect that a quick right. You know that you have you have a lead, you have a prospect, you got a prop, you got a spectator, and then you you then have a client. Well, your marketing is what's going to drag in leads, and until you qualify them, then they're not a prospect; they're just a lead. So once you qualify them, they then become a prospect. And it is in the sales process that you are going to have to convert that person into a client. Now, if you're sitting in this particular prospect zone in the sales process, trying to convert, and if you don't understand what your service, your value prop is, what their challenges are, what their problem is, what you can do what they want, where they are. If you can't understand that, then you could mess around and be 45 minutes to an hour on the phone with someone who's what? A spectator. You mean to tell me that having your branding in alignment with your business operations can increase the efficacy of your conversations with prospects? It absolutely does. Now, let me me ask you this. When we were in the green room before we began our interview here, did we like make a map of what our conversation was going to be like? Nope, we sure didn't. We was probably But isn't it funny how you took the ball that I gave you and ran without without me having to explain to you what it was? Absolutely, because this these are the principles of branding. These are yes. the solid principles of branding. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. I, you know, my grandmother, may she rest in peace, when I stepped into adult, being an adult, my grandmother sat me down one day and she said, let me explain something to you. I don't care what you want to do in life. Just make sure whatever it is that you do, that you do it in excellence and you understand it. Because I don't care if you're going to be a pooper scooper, you better be, you better know everything there is to know about poop and how to scoop it. And I'm sitting there looking at this woman like, are you serious? Do I look like I'm going to be scooping poop? Like seriously, right? But her point <laughs> was, when you when you step into your industry, you need to know it. You need to understand it. You can't keep you know grazing it. I tell people I am branding. I understand branding like the back of my eyelid. You can wake me out of a coma and a dead sleep and start asking me about strategy and branding. I'll answer every last one. I am branding because I've spent the past eighteen years learning it, understanding it, being fully immersed in it. And also, guess what I do? I practice it. I practice it as well. And so understanding it and putting it into practice, similar to what you said, you know, you took an entrepreneur class. It was taught by not an entrepreneur, (laughs) you know, you know, and I always say that too, you know, it's like, okay, I take an entrepreneurship class and, but it's going to be taught by someone who's not an entrepreneur. And I remember one day I walked into a class and they were supposed to be an entrepreneurship class. I was there 30 minutes. And cause I was like, okay, what business have you done? How long have you, they never owned a business. I said, I'm, I'm not going to stay in this class respectfully. And I left and I, I disenrolled from the class. I'm not taking this class. You can't teach me anything about entrepreneurship. You're not an entrepreneur. You don't know the pain. You don't know the struggles and things like that. So um, that is the piece you want to become your industry you want to become your industry like michael jackson he used to say i am music okay well you have to become your industry right i oh i i get it so uh you know what i'm thinking of when you said that is that scene from that movie back to school uh where rodney dangerfield was in the class being taught by that professor and he was explaining to them what really goes into building a factory (laughs) 
you got to break it down. You, you know, you want to know your industry. And, and I think it, it will do until you sit down and really dive deep into your business, deep into your industry, you can't, you will, you'll be a disservice to your clients. you right. And so, you know, on the, the essence of branding and top and the topic of branding, you know, this is something you can do all day. I've, I've published books about branding. Um, you know, I do workshops, training, masterminds, we, we, and consulting because there's a, there are people that just don't really understand. Also, there are people that have been misinformed and confused by what branding is and trying to help them to uncomplicate that, you know, takes time. There are branding is the most beautiful thing in the world to me. I think it's, and it yeah. is the, it is, it is the life blood and the lifeline for a sustainable successful business it is because of branding that you know during an economic crisis my company did not fold it is because of strategic branding in an economic crisis that my clients their business did not fold and that is the piece of the puzzle so when we talk about business and entrepreneurship you know i am so passionate about um uncomplicating what branding is because it it can be very complex and your whole focus in business guys is to really step back and say you know how do i show up visually emotionally and also when people hear my company name what happens to them when they hear it which is called auditory branding so there's a visual emotional and auditory branding perspective that you have to look at you have to step back and look look at and all of these things are really important yeah, uh, you've really broken down a lot for us here. So I encourage all of our listeners, of course, to visit businesscreatorsradioshow.com. That's www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. And pick your favorite syndication network and make sure you get this one so you can listen to it again. This is one of those ones you're going to have to go through a couple times to really get all of the aha moments and all the golden nuggets. But uh, for those who saw the word branding and thought they were going to get a dissertation on how to pick the color for their logo, there is a science, there is a science to that. And there's a reason why our podcast creators Institute brand, which, uh, which is based on our in-demand expert brand. There's a reason why it's purple. I'm not going to get into the reasons why here, but it's purple for a reason. And then I have a business consulting firm, the business creators Institute. There's a reason why it's branding is dark blue. And this has to do with a combination of the psychological result that we want people to feel uh, viscerally. It has to do with who we view our avatar, in other words, our ideal prospect customer is. And it also has to do with the nature of what those businesses are. So I'm not going to take time on this episode to break down all of that science but there's a reason for it and there's also a reason why there while there are two separate businesses we largely promote one and the other sort of sits in the background this is something that some of my other clients do as well they may have multiple business brands but they recognize that one is essentially an upsell for the other so which one are they going to spend most of their time marketing Right. They got to spend the time. Right, right, right. For the one for the one that's the logical next step, your audience for that is your existing customers. Mm-hmm. You don't have to spend as much time on that one. In fact, you probably shouldn't, because then you're going to get you're going to get people into a sense of well, what the hell do you do? <laughs> that, 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 would, that would be that would be like if uh, if the hol- if the holiday Inn decided to uh, go into the candle making industry, what's a holiday Inn candle? 
Right. Could you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be that. Yeah. That that would be like if Yankee Candle started building hotels. Holding, uh -huh, building it just hotels. wouldn't make sense. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, now the now the uh, the Holiday Inn may have a little gift shop where they sell candles, and those candles may have a Holiday Inn label on them. But that doesn't put them in the candle business per se. Uh, mm -hmm. That just that is just simply an extension of their own operations, which is to have a gift shop available for the people who stay in their facility. Mm -hmm. A little customer engagement. Customer yeah. Engagement. Yep. That's that's really what that would be. But I agree. I think that um, being able to offer individuals the opportunity to understand what branding really is that is amazing and uh, business creator radio is doing an amazing job at it and i definitely want to thank you for offering such a platform for the for the for community for the business industry for the entrepreneurship community because it is needed uh to help people to realize okay well there's two sides to branding there's a creative side and then there's the strategic side and knowing the difference in the two and knowing when to seek one over the other when right time so this is amazing um it's just a phenomenal platform and I definitely just say kudos, kudos to you and your team, making sure that this information is available to the community. Well, thank you. And uh, uh, I'm going to I'm going to say yes to that compliment. Uh, I'm going to also add a couple of things that people uh, recognize about the Business Creators Radio Show. In my in my uh, curriculum on how to launch a podcast, which we do through our reach system courses, uh, we actually have entire modules on how to create intros and outros that you splice onto your episodes. And the Business Creators Radio Show has been on the air for seven and a half years, and we haven't gotten around to that yet. I uh, recently was speaking at an event. Yes, I was speaking at a live event, believe it or not. And I said that the Business Creators Radio Show is not only one of the longest continuously running entrepreneurial podcasts on the air today, which is a factual statement. I said one of the longest running. I didn't say by what metric, but it is one of the longest running. Think, you know, pick 10 other entrepreneurial podcasts out there. We've been around longer than nine of them. So it, 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 it checks out. Anyway, I also described it as one of the most gorilla podcasts you ever listen to. Because, A, we want it to feel like the listener is tuning in to a private mastermind session, which doesn't always happen in a soundproof studio. We had somebody dial in to be a guest on this show from the rainforest in Columbia, and you could hear the raindrops beating on her tent. And we also had somebody sitting in an airport in Tel Aviv. You could hear the, the jets whooshing over his head while he was speaking because it has a from the field perspective to it. And number two, to continue to exemplify that if you're going down the rabbit holes of spending $20,000 in equipment and literally adding an addition to your house so that you can add five layers of insulation and soundproofing to the walls, uh, you're good, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so, so, the so the point being is if I can actually break my own rules and be successful with this, imagine how successful you can be when you do a few basic things. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and even and even then, our process is a lot simpler because we index against other how to launch a podcast 
programs, courses, done-for-you services. We're aware of who our competitors are, and we study them. And we have friends who have taken some of those courses and reported back to us what they learned. Uh, and we know that in some of those courses that people actually get a lot more in the way of how to set up your studio, and maybe they get a little bit more in terms of how to design your website so here's what we focus on. We focus on what we call the pre-editing system, how to record an episode that requires no editing, because that's a key issue with people. And we also focus on how to build a website that is part of your new media portal and the reasons why it should be a separate website. Uh, Natasha, you and your staff, when you decided that you were interested in being on our show because you applied to be on our show, uh, I hadn't heard of you before then. It's the first time I heard of you. Uh, you you or whoever acted on your behalf probably noticed that the business creators radio show has its own separate website. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. for a reason. Mm -hmm. The reason has to do with branding. Mm -hmm. I have been able, because this is a separate website to interview my direct competitors. I've also been able to interview followers of my direct competitors who would be willing to speak with me without it feeling like a betrayal of my competitor that they're loyal to. Very simply, because it allows them to endorse my brand without endorsing my business. Mm -hmm. Yep. This is what this is what gets missed with the argument of, oh, I can just add a link that says podcast to my existing website. And shouldn't it promote my business? Yeah, it should. But being a host of a show is a form of personal branding. So this is so I so I so I took that little interesting segue because I think a great place for us to come near an end to our conversation is a distinction between the branding of the business and the branding of the person. And I know that part of the answer is that uh, they're separate, and part of the answer is that they're uh, intrinsically linked. So I'd like to get your thoughts on how the individual's brand uh, and the business's brand work together, complement each other, and however that plays out. So on the, so that's a great question. Um, when we talk about a business brand, the business brand has its own identity, like we talked about, but then the personal brand has an identity as well. And when we have someone that has a business, your personal brand really does have to be in some form of alignment with the business brand. So here's a perfect example. If your business is positioned to be very kind and loving and a, a welcoming environment and all that good yummy stuff, but then when you're encountered on an individual personal level and you're a jerk, and you're impatient and unkind and you're you're not very nice, you're directly tied to that brand. And so right. both entities, both brands do have to be developed because any company, you have a service brand, you got a product brand, you got the people brand, and then of course you have the company brand. All of those have to be taken into consideration and developed and they can't be separated. So if you're gonna if you're going to promote a business that is kind and patient and you know, you know, is concerned about the world and you know global warming, but then you as an individual you know, you're driving like a, a smoking diesel truck and, and you're not a polite person. The two don't mix. And I can tell you once, once an individual or a community of people understand you are directly tied to that company, I can tell you the company will suffer. Prime example, there is a 
there is a very large, well-known company. Uh, they serve pizza. And the CEO was forced to step down because the personal brand did not was not in line with the company brand and the. Are, are, we, are we talking about Papa John's? We are. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I'm and I'm familiar with that story, and uh, and it's up for debate whether he was participating in a diversity exercise that got misconstrued or what have you. But the problem with that, either way, is perception. Right. Well. So, 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 I, so I had to interject with that because I know a lot of people that feel that he was set up. So I wanted to make sure that we understand it, regardless of your feelings about it, it had to do with personal branding, why you was forced to step down. That's exactly why it has to do with it. Because see, at the end of the day, when you get down to dollars and cents, perception is, is reality to the person. And the company depends on the outside people to send money in, right? So the flow of money. So you're right. The personal brand did not stand up the stand up to the test of time. Whether it's true or not true, it actually really doesn't matter. The personal brand did not stand up to the test of time, and it was actually hurting the company brand. And so that was a decision that had to be made. And it was obviously you know, it had to be jointly made, but it had to be made. That's a perfect example why the personal brand and the business brand, they have to be cohesive. You can't have a personal site uh, or social media platform where you're spewing um, inappropriate things, you're being hateful or whatever, uh -huh. but then you think that it doesn't tie into your business brand. It's going to connect. So you yeah. have to even choose, like, there's certain things that we don't, I personally don't participate in. I don't, I don't thumbs up, thumbs down. I don't like it. I don't LOL it. I don't emoji face it. Whether I agree or disagree with it, I don't get involved in it because my personal brand is directly tied to my business brand. Hands yeah. So they, they do go hand in hand together. Right. So um, so I'll reveal another thing. And this is one of those episodes where we're kind of getting a behind the scenes look at things. Um, anybody who wants to be on Business Creators Radio Show or anybody who I consider inviting on Business Creators Radio Show goes through a vetting process uh, that is done by me. It's one, you know, other than conducting the interviews, that's the other piece of this this process that is handled by me and the rest of it is handled by my production manager and her assistants. Uh, so when you, uh, so when Natasha E. Davis showed up as having applied to be on the Business Creators Radio Show, uh, I checked out your website. I looked at your brand. I binged the Yahoo out of the Googles for you. I, I didn't take time to listen to other episodes you were on because I assume until proven otherwise that the person is qualified to have a conversation. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in business. So I don't need that. But so I did. But I did check out because I wanted to see that uh, there was material about branding and agility and things like that. So I knew that uh, you actually do some of this stuff because my question would have been if I didn't see any of it would be, uh, are you looking to break into this industry? Because right. if so, I may have still interviewed you, but we would have done a different interview because this would have been more of a breakout type thing for you. Right. And that you, could, you that you could use for your portfolio. Now, another thing I looked at is your social media. Uh, I can't remember it because I don't have it in front of me right now, but there's a few things I look for on social media. Uh, I look for them to chat a bit about their business. I want to know uh, that they have a, a persona uh, that is personally engaging in some way, like me. Uh, if you check out mine, you know that I fight for the Oxford comma. I believe that selfies kill. Uh, I love my cats, and I will, and I will argue with you until the cows come home. The Die Hard is a Christmas movie. So, 
now, 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 as far as now, as far as some other issues, um, you know, I do check to see if they post a bunch of political stuff. Sure. If they do, that's not a deal breaker. What I'm looking for is as much as possible, if they have a, a candidate they believe in, a policy they believe in, a party they believe in, an issue they believe in, that they are a positive advocate for that view, that whether I agree with it or not, they're a positive advocate for that view that people can either agree with or they can say, well, I think basically Natasha's full of it, but uh, she makes a good point. She's worth listening to. Right. <laughs> because, because to me, I believe that's an element of par personal branding. Like, mm -hmm. I don't give a rat's ass if you're on a Trump trainer riding with Biden. I don't care. Right. But what I do care is you're not going after the other guy and his supporters for voting for him constantly, calling them names. Right. Right. That's a distinction. Because, uh, because I definitely am one of those two things, and most of my listeners know which one it is. And mm -hmm. they say, well, why did you have that person on? Because they're the opposite of you. And I said, well, they're not the opposite of me. They're just somebody who uh, has a point of view that is part of the conversation. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean opposites, because I've also discovered that, uh, you know, people go behind their keyboards and they post these uh, extreme and transible views. And then you sit down with them for a conversation. You find out that you actually agree more than you disagree, <laughs> uh, because I discovered that. And I know this is a bit of a tangent. This is actually a good place to wrap up, because I think it speaks to branding mm -hmm. is I think a lot of people in this country have broad agreement on the what. Mm -hmm. Where the main points of contentions are, are the how and by who. Right. If right. you can bifurcate those two things, I believe we can solve all the world's problems. I bet you we have you back for one more hour sometime. I bet you we do it. <laughs> I yeah. bet you do. <laughs> no, I bet, so I went out, down that little tangent because I just wanted to illustrate, especially uh, in this day and age when people are called on to take a stand and have a position, there's a way to do that. And there's a way to even be polarizing in the sense that you lean toward a pole without alienating half the world agreed where even if half the world thinks you're completely full of it with what you're saying they can say well but they do their homework mm -hmm. they make a they make an affirmative positive case for it and even if i will never agree with them i can learn something from them exactly and you know we can always learn we can always learn something and being able to and i always say we don't have to agree on everything at all it's just being able to learn from everyone and if we can just take take a little piece of information that we learn from each person it makes a big difference um that's how we evolve that's how we grow um just as a people uh, across the board we don't have to agree on everything and that's never going to happen. Right. <laughs> Not even twins, identical twins don't even agree on everything. That's right. right. Well, well, you know, uh, you know, if everybody in the room is thinking the same thing, somebody's not thinking. Right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and unfortunately, and this is not something I'm thinking, it's something I know we got to wrap up here because we're at the top of the hour. So what I want to do is just give you about 30 seconds. Uh, we may have some people leaning on the edge of their seat when you get more into this branding uh, from somebody who actually understands this. So how do people get a hold of you and what do they have to look forward to when that happens? Absolutely. So the best way to get in touch with me, connect with me is just go to our website, impactbrandingconsulting.org. 
That's impactbrandingconsulting.org. You'll be able to connect with everything socially and so forth. And when you get there, take a little peruse and see how we can be of any added value to you or any support. And I look forward to dialoguing with you guys when you're ready. Thank you. I'll say for our listeners one more time, that's impactbrandingconsulting.com. So org. I'll say it again. <laughs> Impactbrandingconsulting.org. Yes. I said it slow in an elevated tone of voice so they all hear it. <laughs> all right. So Natasha Davis, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and believe me in education. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been an honor as well. And for our listeners, we trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.